Hey there, listeners! Hello! Welcome to Rhapsody and Reverie, episode 9. And we're feeling fine. I mean, like... I'm, I'm a little under the weather myself, but... <laughs> okay, negative <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> episode I personally hold uh, near and dear to my heart. That's some history with this artist. Why don't we get started by reminding our listeners of what our hint was? Yes. So for those of you who listened long enough to pay attention to the hint, uh, our hint was that this week's artist actually wrote and produced a musical on Broadway. Well, the musical was called The Last Ship, and it came out in, what, 2014? Yes. Anyway, the creator of this musical is this week's artist, so... Who is it? It's Sting! Sting! <laughs> yes, today yeah. we are talking about Sting. An artist that Katarina holds very dear, and mm -hmm. I know... <laughs> I I know of him. Um. <laughs> no, here's the so here's the thing about this episode. This is an episode where I have to own up to my ignorance a little bit in terms of it stings. Entire repertoire. I know Sting. I know Sting songs. I know. Police songs, but I'm not nearly the fan that Katarina is because her love runs deep. That's a fair assessment. I wouldn't necessarily call it ignorance though, because I don't know. My my whole thing with, with Sting is it's just been bred into me since childhood, so that's not your fault. This is that sounds really really weird <laughs> no it's not weird yeah. i'm i'm kind of that way with hollow notes so That's, i, I love hollow notes we have to do a hollow notes episode okay um but no i love this episode a lot because i'm really excited to talk about um like to break up our our current our current trend of talking about artists who are of today and and i love talking about new artists and and weird artists i love highlighting stuff like that but I, you have to understand, dear listeners, uh, that when I was growing up from the ages of, like, zero to about 12, 13, all I listened to in my house was music from basically anything before 1989. <laughs> it just wasn't allowed in my house. You don't understand. I didn't hear in sync until I was 13. <laughs> 
So so to me, I, I like going back to, to older musicians because it's it's connecting to my youth and my youth is fading. So this makes me feel better about myself and I hope better about yourselves because now you get to learn about musicians that honestly I think everybody should at least be acquainted with in my or, or you get to revisit an artist you already are very well familiar with. Because I'm sure there are plenty of people out there listening right now exactly. who also love Sting as much as you do. Mm-hmm. And you get to judge all my wrong opinions. Because <laughs> I'm sure. Or agree. <laughs> or agree. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, no. I'm excited. This is gonna be a good one. Yeah, it, it's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. So you've kind of touched on this a little bit of yeah. how you were exposed to Sting. But can you think back to some of your earliest memories encountering Sting specifically? Yes, I think so. Okay, so I didn't, I wasn't aware of Sting as his own entity until like a year or so after this, but um, I forgot why I got this, <laughs> but I was given a Best of the Police album. One year, not for a holiday or a birthday or anything. I was just given it like, oh, you want this? Yeah, sure. And and I got obsessed with this Best of the Police album. Don't ask me why, but I listened to it a lot. And I think I was way too young to be listening to some of these songs. I think I was about nine. <laughs> and I, yeah. really, I really liked uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me for some reason. Oh. <laughs> I was nine. Okay. Um, but the other thing was, I heard Desert Rose on the radio every day for, for one year. Everybody <laughs> heard Desert Rose Everybody on the radio. Everybody did. And that's when my mom was like, oh yeah, this is Sting. He's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and because of that, like, I always sort of associate Sting with my mom. So, I don't, I don't know. Basically... You know- it's funny you say that because I also have this weird connection with my mom and Stain. Because here's, here's the thing. As I was listening to Stain songs today, I, I kept listening to songs and being like, wait a minute, I, I know this song. And I realized it's just like my mom would like listen to Stain songs. And then she also, she has... A book of lyrics by Sting. What? <laughs> that what? she she was telling me about. She was like, "Yeah, I don't know if Katarina has it, <gasps> but if she doesn't, you should tell her about it." I do not. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> There's this book, and I think it's actually just called Lyrics by Sting. I, I can picture the cover in my head because she's had it for a while. I have to buy it. <laughs> And it's just like Sting lyrics, and I think he also like talks about the. Yes, <laughs> but so yeah, I I have this weird connection of Sting to my mom, and it's really random because it's not like she's ever necessarily just been like, I love Sting. <laughs> oh my god! I just looked it up. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful cover. Yeah, it's like him, and he's in like a gray sweater or something, mm-hmm. staring at you, and then like Soulfully. they're yeah, <laughs> staring at you as Finn does. 
label. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. But um, was that basically how you got started listening to them, your mom and? Yeah, kind of. It, it's interesting because, like, I think my mom, and I mean, I've never asked her this, so I, this is kind of just me mm-hmm. putting assumptions on it. But I feel like for some reason I have this memory of Sting songs and my mom, and then my dad was more of a police fan. Because mm-hmm. I definitely remember my dad playing police songs like Every Breath You Take and yeah. Message in a Bottle and stuff like that growing up. So that's when like I got my first, like, that's, the police is where I got my first wave of Sting and learned that he was a person in the cultural <laughs> lexicon um, was through that. And then, of course, Desert Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Which came out in like ninety nine, right? Uh when did Something Desert like that. Rose come out? So we were I like five. <laughs> I just remember just, that. Just imagine <laughs> the two of us at five years old singing along. I feel your pain. I didn't understand a word of it. But I I loved it. No idea what that song was about. No. (laughs) Any of that. But it was about. (laughs) It is about. But we will get to that in a moment. Table that for later. Sit on it. Yeah. Um, Wait wait for it to to pop back up later. So for those who don't know, for (laughs) those of you who've literally been sleeping under a rock and just... Be, been unaware of the music world, Sting <laughs> partnered up with of all the artists in the whole world, Shaggy. That's right, Shaggy. You know Shaggy, Mr. Bombastic. It wasn't me. That those two songs. That's all I know. But they got uh. together and made a reggae rock album. Called um forty four eight seven six. Yes, I always get the numbers mixed up, so I have to like always look at it. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I I gotta be honest, I can't talk about this album without laughing. Yeah, that's fine. It's it's just of all the things in the world mm-hmm. to occur, a sting. Shaggy album was quite honestly the last thing on my mind. Right. Something that could occur in this day and age. You know what? That's a beautiful thing. I love that life still holds little surprises for me. I love that little gems like this still pop up, you know? There's something to wake up to. There's something to live for. And it's just... (laughs) When when I heard about this album that it was a thing, I just I had so many questions. How did this happen? Who, who made this happen? How Sting did they Shaggy. know each other? How did they meet? Okay, okay. I I want I feel like okay. I've read some articles and I want to say Sting just called Shaggy up and was like, "You want to make one?" I well, I heard that they met. Um, they did. Because they were doing press for this album, and they were on mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon, and I watched an interview with Sting and Shaggy, and I heard they met because Sting and Shaggy were at some festival, 
<laughs> like they're both performing or something and one of them was just on stage and they met that way and <laughs> the rest is history. I love it. I love it. Um but yeah, so they they did this they did this album and you know when I went into listening to it, I thought that listening to the whole thing would give me clarity on the questions that arose when I found out that this album was happening. Did it give you clarity? I walked away with so many more questions. (laughs) (laughs) Zero answers. A hundred more questions. Which is the best way to live, but... I'm so happy that they're just two guys doing their thing. And and it's great because, like, for those of you who are police fans, you know that a lot of the police's repertoire is reggae rock. So he's returning to his... Well, kind of to his roots, kind of. Really, jazz is his first thing, but whatever. This album is just so full of happiness. It's it's as if that singing bass was not annoying. What? <laughs> you, 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 you know? You know that like really tacky singing bass yes. toy that like for a while the everyone had? Wall. You you go to your uncle's house, your rude uncle's house, and it would be on the wall, and you'd be like, hey kids, look at this. And he'd make you press the button, and, like, the joke would be stale by the third time you went to his house. But he'd still insist on you playing it. And it was like, here's a little song I wrote. And, like, the song, nothing's wrong with the song. I like the song a lot. It's a good song. Robin Williams was in the music video. It was great. But the song, I mean, the but, but the fish, the, this rubber annoying fish with its dead eyes its doll eyes just staring into your soul it's like it's trying to oh my god it's trying to personify like what i don't know what reggae is but it took all the soul out of it and put it in a fish (laughs) and for a while that's what i thought reggae was oh no this flapping singing bass when everyone was like, do you like reggae? I'd go, no! <laughs> so, so this brought the soul It brought the in. soul back to fast. Oh my god. <laughs> this made me enjoy reggae. For that purpose, <laughs> then this album was worth it. Back to 44876. I wonder what um, that means. Oh, I know what it means. What does it's, it mean? It's the um, country codes for Jamaica and London. Oh! That's what it is. I also learned that thanks to Jimmy Fallon. There we go. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. I mean, really, thank you, Sting, because Sting said it. Ah! It was, it thank was you, on, Sting. It was on Jimmy Fallon. A fountain of information. Um, <laughs> yes. That, the title track on that album, though, which is the first song, 
is kind of a bop, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, unironically, it's a bop. Like, when I... When I first heard this was a thing, I thought I was gonna, like, I don't know, a piece of me that is cruel and dark and misshapen was like, I am gonna laugh at it. I'm gonna, it's gonna be the greatest joke of 2K18. But no, like, it's a sincere, well-done album, and I apologize. I gotta be honest, I, I laughed. <laughs> no, but, like, I thought, I thought I would laugh in that way that you laugh when you're being cruel about something. Yeah. But this was it made me happy. It yeah, it really no. it, it makes you enjoy it. Like you actually enjoy it when you're listening to this album. You're not like, ha, oh, this is terrible. Cringe. Like it's really good. It is it's nice because it definitely sounds like two people that are making music and having a good time doing it. So I appreciate that a lot about this yeah. album. That you can tell that Sting really wanted to do this, and Shaggy really wanted to do this. And, and the, it's and so great! It, and they had a good time. And, and the... 44-876 is low-key a bop. The, the beat is good, it's catchy, it's mm-hmm. got a good sort of dancehall beat. It's enough to make me overlook the line about the ghost of Bob Marley, which <laughs> admittedly <laughs> came... Out of left field for it's me. It's a little, it's a little heavy-handed, but we forgive that because you, you made a, a bop. You made a bop. Uh, yeah. Don't make me wait was the first song off this album that I heard, and I really like it. It makes me want to go to the beach and and blast it and have a Corona, even though Corona is the worst beer I've ever had in my life, and it makes me want to just, I don't know, dance. Under some palm trees with somebody. And it's mm-hmm. it's nice. It's a really good album, guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely give it a chance. Regardless <laughs> of how you feel about the idea of a Sting Shaggy album, give it a chance. Mm-hmm. If the little goblin in your soul that likes to revel and cringe thinks, ooh, I get to laugh at this, tell your goblin to shut up. Because this album is pure. It is pure and wholesome, and it's good. So, on to The Police. Yes, let's talk about The Police. Which, yeah, again, my dad was kind of into The Police. The Police were always kind of just, like, a band that existed in the fringes of my mind. Yeah. But... They weren't a band that I associated with the songs that they made. So when I hear a police song, I'll hear it and be like, oh, I didn't realize that was the police. Like I didn't, sometimes I didn't make the connection between Sting and the police and their music. Also, for a period of time, I always got. And this is kind of embarrassing. And okay. I don't know why I got these two mixed up. Oh, but no. I always got Sting and Seal mixed up. Because <laughs> they had one <laughs> syllable S names. And they both made like soulful romantic music at some point in their career. Real talk, can you imagine Sting singing Kiss from a Rose? 
I can. That because would be great. I thought it was him. <laughs> For a brief period, growing up as a child. I feel okay. So then, also, uh, equally embarrassing fun fact. At first, I thought everyone in the police was black. <laughs> <laughs> like my my dad had to be like, "No, honey, they're English." <laughs> what? Sure. Sharing some embarrassing moments here on Rhapsody <laughs> in Reverie. We've obviously grown up since our childhood. We uh, tried, at least. Yeah, we tried. Um, but yeah, uh, I li- I've, I've come to appreciate the police and Sting as the police and Sting mm-hmm. um, a lot been, more now. That's what they are. <laughs> the police and Sting. <laughs> and staying. Um, I yeah, I think my first police song that I recognized as the police uh, I think is the song that everybody would probably say is mm-hmm. Every Breath You Take. Okay. My aunt got married. Her first dance was to that song. That's creepy. Right? <laughs> right? Right? Like, I think we all have reached a point where we can collectively be aware of the fact that that song is supposed to be creepy. But he said, you know it's about a stalker, right? Yeah. Don't play this at your wedding. (laughs) And yet! Like, you can, but you should really, really think and consider your definitions of love. For that's one. <laughs> Who did you marry? <laughs> that is some Twilight level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank stuff. you for if Twilight was made in the eighties, you know they would have put that on the soundtrack. <laughs> that that's real. That's very real. Yeah. And <laughs> and a teenager would have been like, he's so romantic. No. <laughs> Love is not keeping tabs on your partner every Mm -mm. second of the day. Nope. Be an individual. Mm -hmm. Be independent. Live your own life. (laughs) You have have to to... be complete. (laughs) Two complete people make a relationship. No one's going to complete you. (sighs) Look after yourself. But I have to hand it to him. Those are some really good lyrics. Oh, yeah, And that chord progression in the beginning, it's really good. Yeah, I do have to say, that song did always stick out to me as just being a really good, clever song. Even at a young age, I was aware of just how smart that song was. Yeah. It really conveys that desperation that drives somebody to literally stalk someone you know Mm -hmm. you can feel the yearning in the chorus of that song especially in the build up Mm -hmm. um, towards the end as it goes when he's like how my poor heart aches You, you feel it and mm-hmm. I appreciate that about Sting's voice, that he is able 
to he has a really good voice for being um constrained yes in his vocal and that really portrays a lot of emotion when used correctly and Mm. i mean he's had 30 years to perfect that practice and i appreciate that about state and yeah yeah it really shines through on that track he's a really good storyteller Yes. And he's very, very literary. Uh, not to jump too far ahead, but one of his albums, Songs from the Labyrinth, is basically just Chaucer. Like, literally, it's just <laughs> words taken from Chaucer that he decided to put in, a, in, a, in an album. There's, there's something very good about, like, like, he's always showcasing something. He's always acting, almost, when he sings, and I can appreciate that. And I just had this really ugly flashback to when I went to, like, a non-denominational Christian elementary school, and they definitely played Every Breath You Take as, like, we're singing about God now. Again. No. (laughs) I just... Stockton's not cool, guys. I was in third grade going, every breath you take. (laughs) My mom heard about it. She's like, what? (laughs) No. The only person that should know every breath you take is you. <laughs> God's a stalker. Heads up, everybody. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'll be watching you. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about, if this is the evil twin, I want to talk about the good twin of the same sentiment, but less creepy. Every little thing she does is magic. Oh, that's such a fun song. Right? And it's kind of the same where, like, the speaker is, like, in love with this girl, and he hasn't told her, but it's much more wholesome, much more rom-com-y feel. Like, it, you get the feeling that at least they know each other. <laughs> yeah, it's it's less of I'm stalking you, more mm-hmm. of I'm admiring your beauty from afar. Yeah, like... We're best friends, and you keep taking advantage of me. And damn it, why don't you bring your own umbrella? <laughs> is it? Is this the friend zone song? Maybe it's the friend zone song, but it's the friend zone song in in, in a, a way that at least way. in not yeah in a not annoying way. Because like, there's two ways to do this. There's the way where you get the feeling that she's playing with him, and that a romantic future is possible. And this is, like, that sweet, tantalizing moment right before it happens. And then there's the, I'm in love with you, and you're never gonna love me back, and I'm permanently in the friend zone, a.k.a. every breath you take. Yeah. there You can whine about it, or you <laughs> can be active. And, exactly. And every little thing she does is magic. It kind of feels like the song... And this is probably true for people out in the world. It feels like the song that you perform for the girl you're trying to ask out on a date. It's yes. The, you break out the guitar, you play mm-hmm. it, and then anyway, that's the here's every little thing. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. No. Anyway, here's every little thing she does is magic. What, Craig? I had no idea. <laughs> I love you too. As opposed to you're at a party. Anyway, here's every breath you take. Craig. 
Craig. <laughs> Every little thing she does is magic is great. It's a fun yes. song. And yeah, I remember dancing to that as a wee child out in my backyard. Yeah. It, it's just a fun song. It's lit. You play it yes. at the cookout. Everybody has a good time. It also made me think of Bewitched. And like, yes, they used it in the 2005 movie. But I grew up watching the old 60s TV show, and I always mm-hmm. used to think of, like, Samantha when I heard that song. So it was a fun song. Like, to me, it was like, hell yeah, everything she does is magic. She's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool factoid, Walking on the Moon inspired the band Walk the Moon. Like, that's why their name is called Walk the Moon. Oh, that's cool. Right? That's awesome. It's funny. Um. Too, because kind of related to that, when I was listening to The Police today, it really struck me just how influential The Police were within respects of alternative music today. I mean, I'm sure you could trace the thread in their bands before Police mm-hmm. that, have influ- that influenced The Police and in turn have influenced the rest, but I think listening to songs like Voices in My Head. Yeah. I think when you listen to songs like that, like the bass on that song um, and some of the guitar riffs on that song, I think a lot of that you can hear in bands like Bad Sons, even. Yes. To call back to another one of our episodes. I, I got a huge Bad Sons vibe from songs like that. And I think that's really, again, I'm pretty sure I said this in the Bad Sons episode, too, or we've said it in one of our episodes, but it's cool when when you get to sort of connect the dots throughout Mm -hmm. time with bands and see the musical evolution, so to speak. Um, Yeah. Music is so interdependent on itself. So much of music is dependent on what comes before it and after it and i love that about music i love that about the music industry i love that about music criticism and music journalism not to be all hoity-toity and talk about college but back in college but we're gonna do it we're gonna do it (laughs) no but katarina and i took this music journalism and society course and um, I, I remember one thing that we had talked about when we were in that class is the idea that music journalism and music criticism is, in a lot of ways, just history. And I think it's really cool to look at music as less of just oh, it's music, it's nice songs and stuff like that. But when you really look at it as a historical artifact, I think that's so revealing and so intriguing. And it adds so many more layers to what was all already a complex and intimate experience. Yeah. And to go off that, if we're looking at, like, 
I think in a way they're a really great way to exemplify like the historical period that they come from, right? Mm-hmm. The mid '80s was such an eclectic period, both musically and politically, and and in terms of fashion and and right. everything. It was such a weird decade, right? And the police are not really boxed in by genre. And they're also not boxed in in terms of... Because I know the overall uh, pop aesthetic is uh, nihilism. <laughs> like, if you think about it, in the 80s. And yet the police is a... They're a band that seems to care. Mm-hmm. A lot of their songs are full of actual emotion. And I, I think, like, they're defying stereotypes at the same time defining the weirdness of their time. Thank you, police, for doing that. You know, it's, it, it's just so great that music exists and is able to do that for us. You know, as somebody that wasn't alive in the 80s, having the police as this sort of almost, I guess, ambassador to the past in a way. Mm -hmm. That's what these records end up doing, is being the sort of tour guide to the 80s for us. (laughs) (laughs) And that, I I think that's really cool. I think that's, I think that's what I find so noble about the profession of musician, Mm -hmm. is that so much of their personal, intimate experiences and expressions that they put out in their music, they offer up as time capsules for the human experience. Because when everything else fades away from that era, a lot of the times music is one of the primary like things that lasts. Yeah. Way to go, police. You did good. <laughs> That'll do, Stig. That'll do. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much longer we want to talk about the police, since this is the Sting episode. Yeah. Um, um, and Sting's discography is, in a word, immense. To just wrap up, do you want to... Do you have a favorite police song? I'm going to say... Probably every little thing she does is magic, although King of Pain is a close second, because mm. I really liked King of Pain, which is great. Picture, if you will, a nine-year-old in their bedroom who has suffered no real hardships, you know, middle class, whatever, singing, I'm the King of Pain, <laughs> and like really, really feeling that emotion. Does she understand? No, but she will. <laughs> uh, I really, I really like that song. But every little thing she does is magic. It's just, mwah. I feel like you can't top that. It, it's and then a Sting's, great one. Sting's gonna call back. What did you say? <laughs> I can't. Watch, watch me. me. <laughs> I don't know. That's not what I meant. I'm just saying, it's really great. I really like it. It's good for memes. Okay, but how about you? I really like Message in a Bottle. 
Mm. Because for the longest time, I had, I'm sending out an SOS yes! stuck in my head. <laughs> for the longest time, I didn't even know the name of that song. I just knew it as the SOS song. And my dad would always play it. And I just really loved it. And yeah, I just think it's so fun. And uh, I think that's a good one. That's a good song that kind of um, has that reggae rock character really well ingrained into it. It's a really good balance between the reggae ska, but also alternative rock vibe Mm -hmm. that really sort of stands as a testament to the police's sound in a way that a song like Every Breath You Take doesn't really do. True. Um, and now I've got that chorus. I'll send an SOS to the world. <laughs> yeah. I hope that someone gets mine. <laughs> yeah. It's so catchy. That It's just so catchy. You can't mm-hmm. not sing it when it comes in. Oh, really man. Can't. But yeah, so that that that's definitely my favorite police song. into solo stuff solo and here's the wonderful beautiful thing about sting basically uh assume all his albums went triple platinum just do it because you're probably right (laughs) in my research for this it was like this album went triple platinum that album went triple platinum that one went double platinum and it's like just just assume and that must be great. That must be a great feeling to know. Hell yeah. I I uh yeah. I still got it. Sting's got effort money. Yeah, he really does. And you know what? He's trying to spend all of it before he dies. <laughs> He's not leaving any of it to his kids. He's like, no, it might screw Forget. them up. I don't know. I'm trying to spend it. <laughs> I earned it. That's true. The man, you pay, okay, he's got a farm in Italy where you pay him for the privilege of picking his grapes. You pay him. Yes. (laughs) I can only aspire to that level of wealth. Right? (laughs) Just like. (laughs) I love it. Pay for the privilege of doing your work. Amazing. <laughs> Agriturismo or whatever it is. Um But no, to get to get like more on track, uh the man is talented. Uh we do not have the time to delve into all twelve or thirteen. I keep losing count here. You could uh, probably make a whole podcast on just Yeah, you could. Just, just episodes about Sting. 
Yes. That's the hard part about doing an artist uh, who's been in business for multiple decades is that, as they should, they've, they've accrued quite a long discography. Um, but we, as a tiny podcast, we are not devoting three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Although we could, uh, we're not going to do that. So we're going to just... We're going to talk about specific songs, mm -hmm. and we'll mention which album they come on, but we're probably not going to be like, and then on Ten Summoners Tales, Sting breaks it down like this, and we, we can't do that. Um, our apologies. Yeah. Um, so, can we talk about Englishman in New York? Yes, we can. I had the I had a grand epiphany today. <laughs> Tell them your epiphany. So, so, uh, I, I know that English Man in New York is a very famous, popular Sting song. Indeed it is. And I listened to it today in preparation for this podcast because Katarina was so gracious and made a playlist of Sting songs that we should focus on. And that was, I think that's the first song on that playlist. But I listened to it, and I I freaked out. I was like, I know this song! <laughs> and I, I messaged it to Katarina, and you were just like, yeah, it's a famous song. But, but I knew it, because there was a song that it, had sampled it and I could hear it in my head and I was trying to figure <laughs> out what it was and that song is Union by the Blind Eyed Peas which oh, funny enough I had never heard before today because it's the last <laughs> song on their Monkey Business album mm -hmm. which is the big album that was popular in the early aughts. Um, it's the one with my humps on it and pump it. Mm -hmm. That one. So Union's the last song on that album. And one thing, listeners, that you might not know about me, um, I was a huge Black Eyed Peas fan in the early aughts. I listened to both those records on repeat like, every day for a solid year of my life. Like, I was obsessed with those albums. Mm -hmm. And so I listened to that song a lot, and it never occurred to me what the sample was. <laughs> like, And it's weird it's because, been... like, it's Sting. Yeah, he, like, it's they just sting. straight up sample him. Like, it's mm -hmm. his voice. Like, yep. It, they're not shy about it at all. It, no. It, like, you should... He was... He was probably like, all right! This is great! Like, because, you know, it's like some samples, it's like subtly mixed in to where, like, they've created this whole new beat. Union is basically just black-eyed peas rapping over Englishman in New York. It's not kind of. It is. It, like, like I listened to it going... That's what they did. So... And, like, I just never pieced two and two together that that was Sting until today, <laughs> 13 years later. 
and it blew my mind. But I really like Angels Man in New York. I think it's a really good song. Um, it really is. Musically, I think it's such a great song. You know, that um, the Sting's voice in combination with the instrumentation of that song mm-hmm. is just so silky smooth. No, it's wonderful. And it's, it's got that beautiful mm. jazz undertone. Well, not undertone, overtone. Um, it's, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a good song. And, and just the concept of that song, too, is just... Um, it's really cool to see a song sort of express the feeling of being an outsider Mm -hmm. you know i think that song does it so well in a way that you wouldn't necessarily expect Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's because i am american and i live in america but the idea of an englishman in new york doesn't seem like it'd be that big of a deal you know just but it's it's true, like, in the song, you know, his whole thing is, you know, uh, I don't drink coffee, I drink tea, my dear, uh, I like my toast done on one side. And, like, it, it's, it's, it's playing off the stranger in a strange land motif. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's nice to see that point of view in a weird way. It's, it's nice to see somebody going, uh, this is what's familiar to you, but to me it's so alien. The, the album that one comes off of, Nothing Like the Sun, is one of my favorite albums that he's ever produced. It's so beautifully put together. All of the songs on it are so lyrically pleasing, so tonally pleasing. Um, it's got my mom's favorite Sting on it, Sting song on it, uh, Fragile. Hmm. That opening guitar uh, sequence is just so beautiful, and it's such a gorgeous song. Like, in, in all, all shapes and forms, it is one of the most beautiful songs on that album. And it's, it's, it speaks to the fragility of human nature, to the human heart, and it's, it's so nice. It's one of the songs that I used to listen to when I felt like crying in the library at college. Oh. <laughs> That's real, though. That's real. It's, it's a really sad, it's a beautifully sad song. And I don't know if he even meant for it to be set, but it almost feels like this. It's got um, a sort of Spanish feel, like like you're in. Um, it reminds me of Zorro. I'm gonna come out and say it. It just does. Um, uh, that one, Sister Moon. Oh God, inspired by Shakespeare, my boy, Shakespeare. I love it. And I love the story behind that, where, like, some drunk guy accosted him in the street, and and he asked him, what do you think of the moon? And he's like, uh, 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 my mistress' eyes are nothing like the sun, and he just says the whole sonnet, and the guy's like, good answer, and he leaves. <laughs> that is a great story. <laughs> but, and that that's so great. I love, I love the jazzy feel to that. It feels almost like you're in the middle of a, of a detective movie. It's got, it's got that element. It's got the beautiful horn section. It's got, ah, oh, I love Sister Moon. The man 
knows how to write a a bitchin' track. <laughs> that he does. <sighs> Sister Moon's a good one. I like Sister Moon. Mm-hmm. Desert Rose is great because it's one of the first examples that I um I okay, I, I took I took several music appreciation classes in college, but in the first one I ever took, it was the one it was the first song my professor played demonstrating a blend of of these cultures and how well it was done. He's like, this is a really great example of taking these two different sounds and making them one cohesive fluid thing mm-hmm. that enchants you and i think in a way it's revolutionary and sting is good at that sting is good at breaking boundaries and like tapping into sounds yeah it is a really good marriage between two very different styles um mm-hmm. i do appreciate that about that song uh, because it's so well done it doesn't seem campy no it doesn't seem forced it feels natural i mean there's a little there's a little bit of camp now because it's just so old but like yeah and it was so overplayed but i don't even necessarily think that's campy i think it's just it reminds you it reminds you of of how things were in your youth and you're like oh like your your brain automatically goes campy, but no, it is still it still holds up. Yeah, honestly, as as this beautiful marriage of Middle Eastern and Western sounds, and it's a beautiful song too. Like, I want to be somebody's desert rose, mm-hmm. and it's a hard. dream of rain. <laughs> it's hard to say that very many other artists have been able to do something similar you know Mm-mm. in terms of marrying styles those that styles well? that well i i can't name off the top of my head i cannot name that's not to say that they do not exist because i'm sure they do yeah but sting did it very well so well that i remember it do you have any favorite songs Favorite songs are his whole solo discography. I know, it's a tall order, but... Jesus. <laughs> um, speaking again to the marriage of how he blends sounds so well, um, I think all of my favorite songs that he's done are all elements of, of uh, styles blended together. Um, like, Desert Rose is one of my favorite... Um, Ghost Story sounds like it's something out of the Mediterranean for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so good. Um, <laughs> Shape of My Heart, again, sounds like a... It sounds like it could be something out of Spain. Um, it's this, this beautiful <laughs> song about a gambler. Um, I love that song. And, and the whole album that he did, The Last Ship, which is... It, it feels like... It almost doesn't sound like Sting. Like, it doesn't sound like his usual style. It sounds like um, like music you'd expect from a period piece of, of North, or North England and, and everyone's um, dealing with life. I don't, I, I don't want to, like, spoil the last shit because that's the one he turned into a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all, it, it, it's also 
wonderful the way he puts his sounds together like it's all very calculated all very precise you know what when we dance because that is such a beautiful song it is so lovely it is it's so romantic i love the imagery of two people being so in love that when they dance angels go and hide their wings can you imagine Beautiful. That's all I'm going to say about that, because <laughs> I could go on for hours yeah. about all of these songs. Get all up in your feelings. I could. Um, but those are, I'm going to say those are my top three Sting songs. Respectable choices. And we're not going to rant about how he was robbed by Disney in terms of scoring what would have been the Emperor's New Groove, but wasn't that movie at the time. He was robbed. Oh, honorable mention song. All for Love, which he did with Rod Stewart and Brian Adams. I loved that song as a kid. Mm. You will pry that song from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> it was for uh, a Disney movie version of The Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland. Oh my gosh. And every time I watched the movie, the music video would play. Like, you couldn't skip it. It was on a VHS. And I love that song. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> I can't keep talking. What would your favorite songs be? Um, it, This is very easy for me. It's going to be Englishman in New York and Desert Rose. Because those two songs have the deepest imprint on my childhood growing up. Again, uh, I listened to that. I listened to that <laughs> Black Eyed Peas album. Oh my god! <laughs> every day for months and months and months and months and months. So I knew that I knew Union like the back of my hand. Yeah, I knew that, and I knew Sting's part. I could sing Sting's part in that in that song so Englishman in New York um is a song that it's so weird to say I know it so well because I do and I don't um because I listen to it via another source but I I, I kind of love that because I have two different interpretations of that song presented to me um, through both um, the original source and then uh, Black Eyed Peas interpretation of it and um, I think that's really cool and it's just such a great song uh, and Desert Rose was literally on the radio forever <laughs> it was just everywhere all the time <laughs> and and I and I always loved it. I always loved the um, marriage of styles between it. And it's a song that would come on the radio in the car with my mom. And yeah, it reminds me of being a child. It reminds me of being a kid. And it's a good, Aww. warm, fuzzy feeling. So yeah, it it it's really easy for me to pick my favorite Sting song. That's the beauty of Sting. And that's all we're going to say about that. Yes. 
Uh, Sting, if you want to be a guest on our podcast, hit us up. Yeah, it'll be fun. Invite us to your vineyard, we'll pick your grapes for you. I'm not picking your grapes for you. I don't I care. Would. I don't care if you have epic <laughs> money. Uh, look, I love you. I appreciate you. You can pick your own damn grapes. <laughs> or better yet... Uh. Pay somebody to pick your grapes. I mean, he does. Pay me. He has people. <laughs> I'm not paying you to pick uh, your grapes. Amazing. It's time to move on to our favorite new segment, the up-and-comer segment. Those who are up and coming in our hearts. Yes. We're slowly but surely falling for you. Mm-hmm. I could have phrased that better. But the point is, we're falling for these bands, and we think that you should check them out, too. So, who is your up-and-comer of the week? Uh, so, the band that I have discovered um, in the last 24 hours, actually. So this is very <laughs> recent. Um, yeah. it, the band is Cherry Pools. I was on Facebook the other day. And one of the things on my news feed was an event that was happening at one of the local concert venues here where I live. And I guess I guess some friends of mine had said they were interested in it. Um, and so it was a concert with Cherry Pools. And um, I don't know how but they found me that's the name of dallin reeks his band dallin reeks formerly of panic at the disco uh but yeah so they're going on tour together and i decided to listen to cherry pools just on a whim i was like yeah you know these band names sound cool so i'm gonna check them out Cause why not? That's a thing that I do. A lot. Way too often sometimes. So I checked them out and they're really good. I like them. They have a few songs on Spotify right now. The song that I listened to first and I really loved was Hollywood. I really like it. It's got a really good indie pop vibe. Uh, what I love about indie pop at this current juncture is that a lot of artists are doing this sort of marriage between contemporary and 80s sounds. I really love that. It's very much in line with my musical taste as mm-hmm. a kid who grew up listening to a lot of 80s and 70s records. So yeah, it was really great to see a band do it and do it well because it's easy to try and imitate that style but it's hard to do it well in a way that doesn't feel forced or campy. Mm-hmm. And they do it well. So definitely recommend Cherry Pools. If you want to check them out, um, go on Spotify, listen to some of their stuff. And then they're also on Twitter, at Cherry Pools. And you can follow them there. And if you do, let them know Rhapsody and Reverie sent you. But yeah. Yes, please. They're really cool. So what's the artist that you have for us today? The band is called Taller Tales. 
And I discovered them because they followed our Instagram account. So way to go. Shout out to you guys. You Shout the real out. MVPs. Uh, and, and, you know, bands sometimes follow us. I mean, we're, we're pretty small, so, I mean, we see, for the most part. Um, we know all of you. We know. <laughs> um, but I, I checked them out. Every breath and... you take. <laughs> it was a surprise tool that helped us later. <laughs> God. Okay. Sorry. But, but <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Continue. Uh, I checked them out, and I really enjoyed their sound, and they are not getting anywhere near the amount of monthly lis- blah 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 monthly listeners that they should be getting on Spotify. I really liked "Let Me In," "The Wall," and I want to say "Deja Vu." They have a really great sound. Uh, a sort of, I don't, I don't want to say mellow, but um, they they have a an, a rock undercurrent to them, and they have the the lead singer has a really great voice. To be honest, I, I and I I love what you guys are doing lyrically, and if you want to give them a shout out or a follow, uh, you could follow them on Twitter at Taller Tales Band. Again, tell them Rhapsody and Reverie sent you. These guys are great. All right, so all right, that was our. Um, up and comer segment again let us know what you guys think of the bands that Mm -hmm. we uh, have talked about today and in some of our other episodes we love to know what you guys think so leave us a reply on twitter and you know vibe with us share some music our way if you have music you want us to check out that you think we'd like Send it to us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anything. Um, tweet it at us. Do all the cool social media stuff and turn us on to some good tunes so we can vibe. We can yes. vibe out, rock out. Um, but yeah, other than that, that concludes our episode. Our Sting episode has concluded. Sting has stung. <laughs> <laughs> we stung ya. <laughs> um, but... Oh man, that pun really stings, doesn't it? Oh god. Okay. Anyway, thank you for listening to our episode. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at Rhapsody Podcast. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean. Leave us a review and a rating. We like validation, so validate us like parking. <laughs> and... <laughs> Check our website also for updates on what we're doing. Now it is time to tease our next episode. So Hint time, hint time. <laughs> What's our hint, hint master? Ah, here's what the hint master has for you today. Next week's featured artist has composed several musicals, but perhaps the least popular was a 2005 adaptation of Anne Rice's Lestat. 
if you know what it is, let us know. On Wednesday? Yes, Wednesday guest day. Yeah. Send us a DM if you know it. And if you get it right, we'll shout you out on the show. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't love a shout out? We all love shout outs. Exactly. So you should do it. Just do it. Do it. See you again in seven days. Show some respect to your fellow human beings. And. De do do dot. Oh man, the voices in my head are going crazy. Oh boy. And may every breath you take be all for love. Katarina, mm-hmm. I burn for you. <laughs> Don't stand so close to me. <laughs> all this time. <laughs> all right, guys. It's been fun. It's time to go. Hope you've had a giggle, but now it's time to wiggle. On out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That was adorable. Stop it.